Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, LaToya Ferguson. Hey, LaToya. I think we should all just thank Entourage for allowing Oh Yeah to be as funny as such comedy greats as My Life and It's Been slash It's Been a While. Thank you. <laughs> hey, LaToya. It's been a while. Um, and we are joined by returning guest, Lisa Easton. What's up, Lisa? I feel like at this point, I should be upgraded to annoying neighbor trope from a sitcom because I'm here so much. So Go home, <laughs> Roger. I'm like, yeah, I was going to say white Urkel, whatever you want to call Urkel. 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 Hi. Well, happy Valentine's Day, first and foremost. We're here for our Valentine's Day episode, which is Entourage. Entourage. Season four, episode seven. What the fuck was that? It's- it's the day fuckers. That was my Michael impression. Michael, my Michael Scott. Scott impression. Entourage. <laughs> I will draw. Hopefully, find the link and drop to you that I'm not just making a random noise for no reason. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we watched Entourage, not the movie, the show. Um, so if you've never seen it, it's the, the lucky HBO you. classic. <laughs> yeah, lucky you. It's the HBO classic based on the life and times of uh, Marky Mark Wahlberg. Um, it's it's a <laughs> special kind of the other Marky Mark. Yeah, well, yeah, I had to be clear. I think he yeah, just prefers to go by Mark now. Let's show oh, some okay. respect. He prefers to go by Mark. <laughs> I thought going to say just Marky. All respect to the Funky Bunch. No <laughs> respect to Marky Mark. Has there been so an this episode... history of the Funky Bunch on BuzzFeed yet? There should be. <laughs> so this episode is... I mean, we, we picked it primarily because, honestly, the name of the, the episode is The Day Fuckers, and what better a Valentine's Day episode is than that? Uh, but... This one in particular is pretty much entirely just about the guys getting laid, which, I mean, to be fair, is most episodes of the show. This is the plot of the episodes. This is the A plot. Yeah. There's pretty much no other reason. It's, it's it's less like a incidental, let's get laid. It's literally, we're going to bet five grand and see who can get laid faster. So This is supposed to be a comedy, the show. It's supposed to be a comedy. The B plot the only one that even attempts comedy. anything resembling comedy. Well, it's weird, though. I mean, I definitely agree it's supposed to be comedy, but there are definitely episodes of this show that are, like, almost full dramatic tone. Oh, like when Vince gets addicted to marijuana? (laughs) That was a And a lot of the Queens Boulevard stuff, because it becomes, like, very, like, should I pick, which, like, is, is, you know, obviously is Vince doing the movie. All that kind of stuff. I can't tell if anything about Queens Boulevard was supposed to be serious. I do Or, I mean, the Medellin stuff was also... So, anyway, if you can't tell, we've all probably watched as much of the show as we can handle. Yes, two seasons. <laughs> I watched, I think, it must be, I believe, up to, like, season six or seven. I don't really oh remember my God. seasons. I know. Wow. I was young and, and impressionable. I watched every single episode but one because... Well, I'll tell you which one it wasn't because it was uh, season five, episode six, Redemption... In which their annoying neighborhood friend Dom shows back up. He's in the middle of a high-speed chase and he calls them. And I'm like, nope, I can't deal with this character again. I turned the channel. That was the one episode <laughs> of the show I did not watch. Yeah, I watched, I think I watched up through season six or seven. Um, I can pull up the actual, um, you know, uh, information to see for sure. But I, I believe it's one of those shows where you, you don't even realize how many episodes you've seen unless you, like, really keep track, because they all blend together. It's one of the, it's like... Two seasons. It's two seasons. <laughs> Only two seasons. I exactly Do not hold your cattle for any more. Well, well, here's the thing, because I never had the fancy cable, but I had a friend who got really into the show, and he was like, watch it, you'll love it, it's great. And I'm like, okay. 
And so he gave me, like, the first two seasons on DVD to watch, and I watched them both, like, really quick. And then he's like, when the third season came around, he's like, here, I'll let you borrow the third season. I'm like, no, nah, I'm but good. I, you're like, I saw the entire saga of Saigon the Rapper, so I'm good. Yeah. I, t- I saw the entire Mandy Moore Aquaman arc. I'm well, good. I made it out to, I, I mean, I'll do a lot for Autumn Research, so I got to season seven for that, I believe. But, well, yeah, that had Autumn Reeser and Gary Cole, which any other show could have made a way for that to be something good. Right. And, and there's this a- show had guest stars far too good. Oh, for this always. Show. And there are, like, episodes. And I don't even like, like, for example, I don't even really like, like, Aaron Sorkin, but he's, like, had a huge plot on here for more than one episode. So it's just people that don't even do that kind of work were on the show because I don't even know why. I swear to God, I don't know why. Mark Wahlberg should not have that big of a pull in Hollywood, but. For whatever reason, he was able to get people who don't even do that kind of stuff. Like, I remember they're like LeBron James well, maybe and Maybe Aaron was promised drugs. Yeah, it's weird people. Allegedly. Allegedly. Maybe before the end of the episode, we could just pull down a list and just go right down and, and describe everybody who's been on here. But it's 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 a, it's a shocking number of cameos. For, for roles that you just don't see those people playing, and I guess because they had connections, however it ended up being. But So anyway, so this show was... Luke Wilson is in the third episode of the entire series. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. So... Anyway, so so that's the kind of gist of the show. Uh, uh, we're not experts by any stretch of the imagination, but... I'm an expert. Latoya, you're I've an expert. Episode, I didn't want to put that title on you unless you wanted it. Entourage expert, but... Always take credit when you can. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, but so, let's get into the episode. We, we happened to pick this one, again, I said just for the title, and of course, the, the content of it is appalling so it just serves to show that pretty much it's a it's fishing in a barrel shooting fish in a barrel because any episode you pick could be terrible so (laughs) we happen to find an absolutely horrible one based on title alone so this one starts out they're all at a coffee shop no this starts out with the opening credits which we must talk about i'm sorry we breezed over the opening credits because the opening credits uh as the show originally aired in 2004 they never changed really besides like names like the Shot of them on Sunset Boulevard never changed. So you see, uh, I guess, a poster for The Killer's Hot Fuss, an album that has aged incredibly well and is a masterpiece, as opposed to <laughs> yes. Entourage, which has not aged well at all. <laughs> at all. I, I mean, I don't think they ever wanted to age it, but somehow it just got such a huge following because, I guess, the celebrities and, and the, the sex and the drugs and the, the, the Hollywood lifestyle... It just became a long-running show. I don't... Does it ever strike you guys as the type of show that would be that long-running? This went on for eight seasons, it, I think. It shocks me, eight seasons. I, I didn't realize it had gone on eight seasons. I thought... And they were long I, seasons, too. Like, there were certain episodes, yeah. like, cert, I mean, not super long. There were, like, 12 to 10 episodes. But, like, it was not like there were six-episode seasons or anything like that. And they were long, like, over-arcing, over-arcing plots I mean, throughout each season. I guess, like, 14 is usually the max, except for season three is, like... Like a full full season, like twenty episodes for some reason. I think because that was when it was at its peak, I believe. I think that's when I started watching it because there was like punk jokes at one point. <laughs> that was, like, that's that's my shit. thing. I knew it was. It was, it was like a rush up. hour. There was like rush hour three jokes. Like it was all like of the moment. Like, and you just episode didn't get, uh, yeah. sixteen season three. Drama finds out he would be the target of Polly Shore's new punked like reality show. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, oh that's exactly God. what that's what I'm talking about. But there was like Seth Green stuff happening. I think in general, like it's one of those shows that nowadays we're so saturated by like meta stuff where we have a ton of like you know behind the scenes of a a famous thing and like you see like actual actors pretending to be themselves as other people. We get like little bits of that in other shows that aren't even about this kind of stuff. But this show was literally all of that. 
So I just think it's a totally, um, I wouldn't say like groundbreaking by God, but like it was just a totally Hollywood obsessed show. So that even it, if you didn't like the plots, you could totally just watch it for the cameos and the behind the scenes element if you didn't have that anywhere else because you just didn't. Yeah, not to especially day. people in the industry really loved in Hollywood. Uh, the final season, I was actually working at a talent agency and I just remember like the, the day after like episodes would air, like the bros in my... Uh, at my agency just being like, oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, basically, what's it? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, fi- finally bang, blah, 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 blah. It's like, why? Like, you've been waiting for, like, a character to fuck someone? Like, why do you care? Why do you care? Why do you care you finally bang Constant Zimmer? Why? <laughs> I mean, like, you have to, I mean, it's hard to remember things like, Jeremy Piven won three Emmys for this. I can kind of tell in this episode just because, like, well, yeah, he's the only one doing anything resembling comedy again. In this well, show. I have oh, comments yeah. to make on that scene because I found I it incredibly creepy. And- Jeremy Piven comments, and one I did not expect to have to make, but we'll, we'll get there for, like, in this, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I actually find him to be one of, the, obviously, the better part of the show. I know that's probably debatable, but I, he, I think it's undebatable. It's that's why the show hit. One of the... He's probably arguably the best actor in the main cast. Right. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I think he is the reason why it got so big. I think yeah. the show is good. He is great. I mean, yeah, the, the biggest quote from the entire show is, let's hug it out, bitch. It's, it's a lie yeah. from him, so. Right. Absolutely. And it has almost nothing to do with, I mean, it has somewhat to do with the characters, but you could take or leave the rest of the, the cast with him. And you could make a whole show just about Ari, basically. The show becomes I mostly realized- about Ari. I realized as watching, while I was watching this, that, like, the writing is very, like, rapid pace. Like, there's a lot of dialogue, a lot. And the only one that constantly keeps up with it is Jeremy yeah. Piven. Everybody else it, seems like it, like they're moving in slow motion in I comparison still, to the pace that it is. But there are be. moments with him where it's almost like he's faster. Like, he, like he has to wait for other people to catch up with him. It's like he's he's out a certain version of this script. show. Or it's probably because he's fucking high out of his mind. It could be one of those things. Well, I think it's a little bit of both. Allegedly. Sorkin has been on the show, and I think that the cocaine played an element in getting Sorkin on the show. I don't know. Allegedly. But, <laughs> allegedly. But so, it, it definitely has, like, that kind of, like, um, we're gonna do this, bro? Let's do this! Let's do this, bro! Alright, let's do that. That's kind of, like, the mm-hmm. kind of everyday's, like, dialogue on the show. It's a lot of, like, you know, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. Blah, 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 blah. Yip, yip, yip. It's, it's very, like, back and forth, but it's about, like, stuff that's not on a Sorkin show. Like, Sorkin shows have that kind of clipping dialogue, but it's about, you know, production mm-hmm. and politics and humanity and all that kind of stuff. This show is primarily about, like, oh my god, can you believe you fucked that girl? Oh yeah, I remember that girl from, like, third grade. <laughs> like, weird stuff like that that goes off on these weird, like, clippy tangents that I think people just felt like they were, like, one of the guys by watching the show. So, I don't know. And oh, I never felt neither, that but, way. Like, the bros did, yeah. <laughs> this brings me to the biggest question of, like, all things Entourage, really, I've, I've have, is how the hell did Adrian Grenier get cast as the lead of the show? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> I'm saying that earlier. Like, yep, this is definitely our proxy for Mark Wahlberg, or any, like, A-list star. To be fair, when they, when they cast him, they thought probably thought he might become that kind of a celebrity, maybe? I mean, he was at this, like, place where he had done roles that would totally, like, you know, he was kind of at a place almost similar to Vincent Chase, where he had a very breakout, I wouldn't call it breakout, but, like... I, I mean, Drive Me Crazy, as much as I enjoy Drive Me Crazy, Rob Thomas' is Drive Me Crazy, it's, like, it's definitely a lower-tier teen comedy, and... So what did he do uh, besides that, then? What am I thinking of that he'd done, um, he done bigger than that? I thought that was... He had done, like, um, 
Let's see. Harvard Man, Cecil B. Demented. He was in Hearts War. Um, and then see, Devil Wears Prada that, was after. Yeah, was exactly. exactly. Yeah, preaching so on the really I mean, he had done a few, like, small roles in bigger things. and Yeah, the biggest thing he had as a leading man was Drive Me Crazy. Yeah, oh, for sure, that was his biggest. Well, he had a, more of a personality there than he had in the entirety of Entourage. I, I, that's why I do think that they kind of thought, hey, here's a kid who might do well eventually, let's grab him. And literally, this is still like, the biggest thing in his career, by a long shot. Like, I don't think he'll ever do anything yeah. quite as big as, as mainstream as Entourage. And I always found that kind of ironic, because, like, it must be kind of... I mean, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know his life, but it seems to me like it would be kind of upsetting to be playing a character who's so much more successful than you are. Adrian Grenier would never play Aquaman. No, not even a million years. Well, for like, numerous reasons. Yeah. Not even just the fact that Adrian Grenier, but that's neither here nor there. But it's like, it's like Justin Bartha in the Hangover movies almost. Mm-hmm. Poor Justin Bartha is technically oh. the central character. Like, he's the catalyst for everything. And he gets screwed over so much in just promotion. Just, no, like, when they're Do not... Do not get me started on that. I could start my own podcast just specifically talking about Remember that. when the posters for, like, Hangover 2 came out and there was no Justin Bartha poster? Because people... And it was his what? Oh, no, it wasn't. It was at it Helms. But still, like, he was still, like... I specifically have an aneurysm dedicated to the marketing for the Hangover 2. So. Was he even in the Hangover 2? Honestly, Justin Bartha would have made a better Vince. He has more personality than Oh, for sure. And he's actually had a better career. He's had the, you know, he's got the three National Treasure movies with the third one ever happens, but like... God, well, you always want to bring up National Treasure. Well, I mean... it's, it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to it's, cinema. It's a huge movie, though. That's one of those, like, over, like... Like, I think that he's had way lo- way bigger a career than, than uh, Adrian Grenier ever would oh, ever... Oh, yeah, definitely. So, Absolutely. it would have made more sense. Honestly, it would have made more sense for some of the other people on the show that have cameoed off and on throughout the years to do something. Justin Bartha banged an Olsen twin, so... <laughs> you say that, like... That just seems like very upsetting that, sex. That's like, that's like an entourage plot right there. And it <laughs> happened in his real life. I'm just saying. And I don't want to. I don't want to throw him under the bus too severely because obviously he makes don't tons we? of money because of the show. Well, yeah, but, but like he kind of lucked into that because the show success is not on him at all. Hinge on him exactly. No it's one's favorite character primarily is Vince. Jeremy Piven for sure. No one's favorite character is Vince. No, who 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 would possibly? Everyone likes they either like Ari because cause they're right. They like Turtle because he's funny, or they like E because they're idiots. Because that's, I think, a lot of people like E because they like, the only reason like Vince is that, like, he fucks a bunch of girls. Why do you all fuck a bunch of girls? Yeah, they all do. That's the thing is that, I mean, obviously Vince is, uh, this episode shows that he has it easier than everybody else because he's the celebrity. So we should explain, I guess, again, if you haven't seen the show or it's been a while since you've seen the show. It's been a while. It's a show about a famous, and I, when we say famous, like, he's supposed to be one of the, he's like he's the Brad like, Pitt of his young generation. Well, not even Coming a lister, basically. Yeah, I don't know on how the rise. Do... Maybe like a Chris Pratt or something. Yeah, something... like a Chris Pratt or Ryan Gosling would also be makes sense in this role. Yeah, so he's one of he's basically that, but he's not quite broken yet. Like in the beginning of the series, he's starting to take the kind of like a list jobs that become like super prestigious. But he he's kind of just on the cusp of being super. He's honestly more like a Sam Worthington, Jay Courtney, if we're being yeah. honest. So. And then it's about all of the people that are basically his, like, hanger-on. So he has his manager, who's his friend from high school. Well, they're all friends from high school. But his manager is this, uh, Kevin Connolly, who's E, or Eric E, they call him E. And then there's Turtle, who is his driver slash, 
I don't even know how you also, described Hurdle. <laughs> just the random dude who eventually like, goes on to be just the most on because he like just basically gets like the girls that they don't want, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Sable set so everyone fat. guys. They're all grabbing people, and then he's got his brother to his big, his older brother, I believe. But yeah, his older half brother. Yeah. And he but had to make sure it's his half brother because there's no way that those two could be siblings. No, not in a million years, but whatever. <laughs> so it's, but I I think always very hilariously a nod to Meta is that it's played by Kevin Dillon, the brother of Matt Dillon. Who, as we were mentioning before the podcast started, is now almost eclipsed Matt Dillon in terms of fame, despite the. Because the whole thing is that yeah, Johnny was fam- famous first, and then he like fell off, and now his younger brother is famous, kind of like Donny Wahlberg and Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then Donny had like a renaissance, so. Mm-hmm. And then we also get in addition to those; those are the main entourage of of Vincent Chase. There is his agent, who's the ruthless Ari Gold, who's played by Jeremy Piven. And you don't really see much of him in this episode, but he becomes more popular and more featured in the show. You have his assistant, Lloyd, um, and his wife. Well, does the wife even have a goddamn name by the end she of the She does, show? but as- I looked it up. She did not get a first name until, like, season seven, which yeah, is she gets fucking Mrs. Ari. ridiculous. Yeah, as the Wikipedia entries for this call her Mrs. Ari, and I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's another one of those shows where they thought that was, like, they did it on purpose, because isn't it cute that her name is Mrs. Ari? Yeah. It's, Isn't it no. cute, guys? No, Isn't it's it not. Cute? I mean, Tammy Taylor, they call her Mrs. Coach, but, like, she had a name. Yeah, and it's, I don't know. I, I understand the, the, the vibe, but I don't feel like this show treated it the same way my life did, but I don't know. Harry Reeves is a series regular. She's credited as a series regular in this episode, and she her name is Mrs. Ari. Yeah, it's pretty bad. She's, but, like, the only main female character for like the, who's there for the entire run who's of the not series. Who's not, like, a like, love interest that one of the guys are fucking. Like, this is right. The only women that even come close are, like, Debbie Mazar and Constance Zimmer, both very talented actresses. And both who were eventually kind of reduced to just being fucked. Right. Like, right. even then. Yeah. Like I said, the boys were saying, oh yeah, Ari finally fucked Constance Zimmer. Good for him. <sighs> God damn it. But yeah, so those are basically the the main char- cast of characters, especially for this episode, because they're all pretty highly featured. Um, and then... Oh, and don't forget Sloan. I don't even know how you describe it. Normal episodes of this show is kind of like, if, if it's not to do with the movies, which is like, Vincent's trying to find a new part, or... Uh, Johnny Drama, his, his brother is Johnny Drama, he's trying to, like, uh, research his career. There's always, like, some random plot like that. Or, it's about the corporate world where Ari's trying to get contracts signed or passed or whatever. Or, it's about them fucking girls. It's kind of the three options. <laughs> Either it's, like, the, the talent side, the business side, or the romance side. And I, I would use romance with heavy quotation marks around it because it's mostly just... Let's fucking. get drunk and fuck, is kind of what most episodes are. This one happens to have the $5,000 bet incentive, so that's kind of where a lot of the episodes driven from. So we should so, start yeah. off- in- This episode immediately starts with them hating women, basically. Yeah, the first two lines- I, I Most of my notes for this episode are just me pulling lines, because they're all so insane. The first- Also, not jokes, and- uh, Not jokes, they think they're sense. jokes. The delivery sounds like they're supposed to be jokes, but they're not jokes. Thomas' line doesn't make any sense. No, so <laughs> the first line we have- is well, they're at a at a coffee shop, and there's a woman who uh, who's a waitress there who who gives her like a new drink or something, or, or cleans up a table. And someone, I think it's Turtle, says, "That's what I call sir." Oh, no, 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 no! Eventually, it's well, Johnny says it. So he, Johnny says, "That's what I call service with a smile." And then Turtle, appropriate of nothing, says, "More like a smile, like the service." <laughs> Uh, Which makes more sense than whatever drama was saying anyway. Yeah, that's so what awful, I call service with Johnny- a smile. He was honestly Johnny. For, <laughs> this is the one episode, well, one of the many episodes. But Johnny's definitely a very confusing character because 
He's he's definitely like in many ways the most repugnant because he'll say some of the most disgusting things of the bunch. But I kind of respect Johnny in the sense that he's just honest in the way the other guys pretend they're not. That he's way. kind of like a, a wise old man, basically. Yeah, and he's he's all about sex, but he's honest about it. He, the other ones are also all about sex, but they're he's just very trying to blatantly pretend. he's blatantly a sleaze instead of pretending that he's not. He, it's, it's, it's like you stick Barney next to Ted Mosby. They're both interested in getting laid. One of them's going to be honest about it. You don't have to like the fact that he's being honest about it, but it's, you know, it's better than pretending like I'm here just for the romance when really you just want to get your dick wet. But anyway, so they're, so they're, they're having that conversation. And then again, this is, a, I, I think I hear. I, I just remember my nose. They're disgusting. They're disgusting. She's disgusting. Cause really she doesn't look that great. She just looks like. She looks just plastic, and I'm like, this is all disgusting. And so yeah. E, Eric, he, he says, I don't want to date a waitress, which is like right? a terrible thing to just terrible. say. But then he actually explains it, and it's like, okay, it makes Oh, sense. it was but such maybe, bullshit, though. No, it's still well, stupid. It's so says, dumb. Oh, no, oh, no, I respect waitresses. My mom was a waitress, and for a while, and he's like, I just, uh, they have weird hours at work. They have I'm shitty like, hours is what he said, which... I mean, I know it sounds, like, obviously, he's the, they're all the worst, but, like, he's not, it's also because he's hung up on Sloane, spoiler, but yeah, he's, he's like, always hung up being on the Sloan. most, like, least sleazy, basically, he's just, like, he's the one who work with the shitty hours. See, I find, I find E to be the most Cause, annoying. Because, like, Sloane doesn't even have a job, does she? Like, she's just a, like, uh, trash fund baby, right? Who's so Sloane? I don't, about her I think she does eventually there. become, like, an agent of her own or something like that. I forget the whole situation, but yeah. she's got something else going on, or she does something, but... Hanging out with Seth Green. But he, he says later on, too, he says the sentence, my job is super stressful. I'm like, excuse me? Wait a minute. You're like, I mean, you used to manage a pizza place. Asshole. He used to manage a pizza place, and now he's managing... Uh, like, you only, ha- you only have a career because your best friend from childhood is famous. So we That's- should explain that, too. Based on the whole Mark Wahlberg rise to fame, there were just a bunch of, like, uh, yucks from, was it New York, I think? Or are they Boston? Are you uh, actually asking that? It's because, York, right? as we know, he is que- he's Queens Boulevard. I thought Nora. so. I just want to make sure. But so it's not actually <laughs> I thought Boston. it was Queens Boulevard. I wasn't sure. Well, I thought it was because I, I know, obviously, Mark Wahlberg is so famously from Boston. I was like, I, really? I guess I thought he would have done it from Boston. But yeah, they're, so they're from you New York. You know what's up with it? Either of them from Philadelphia. You know what's up then. Well, no, of course. But, um... So they're they're all from from New York, and they're just a bunch of couple of smucks that are like famous now. I mean, like, a bunch of Turtle color. also only wears New York Yankees like hat yeah. at all times. Yeah, that's true. Even when he changes to a red hat, it's a New York Yankees hat. Yeah, but so but so they they clearly are like you know a bunch of working class guys that happen to make it big because their friend got famous, and they're legitimately like refusing to change at all because they want to just maintain that kind of like we're cool, like low key guys from the from the the Queens area. Like, we're not gonna be, like, Hollywood. Like... I mean, the only one who's really changing is Turtle, and that's because Jerry Ferreira, like, lost a bunch of weight, and he couldn't be the butt of, like, being a fat guy jokes anymore. Yeah. So, anyway, so that's the kind of vibe they're always going for. And, um, when they start talking about the waitress, um, E explains he doesn't want to date waitresses because they keep weird hours. And then, um, Johnny's like, well, no one said anything about dating her. (laughs) Like, you just want to sleep with her. You don't have to sleep with her at odd hours. And, and he's like, he's oh, like, no. I'm more about treating women like women and not just pieces of meat. Yeah. <laughs> he says. But again, this is one of those things where, like, I, I respect not- I respect E for saying that. And I respect him later on for saying other things similar to that. But he is such one of those people that says that kind of stuff and then proceeds to treat women like 
like objects like constantly. Like he treats Sloane like garbage all the time, and Sloane's are also terrible. Like, honestly, don't get me wrong. Yeah, they, they both treat each other like garbage. But he's just and so like, full of himself. Like he thinks he's this perfect person. He's just a like, quintessential nice guy, capital N, capital it, G. I think in general. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I feel just be like in real life, you would be the type of person who would realize that he should cut like cut ties with these people. Exactly. In the first place. Exactly. Yeah. If That's he was thing. truly a good person, he'd be like, I can't. Or if this was a better show, if this was a better show with, with like actual character development. He would, like, leave them. I think, ironically, I think Johnny is actually the truly nicest of the bunch. Because at the end of the day... Or I guess Turtle's pretty nice, too. But, like, well, even then. I mean, Vince, we, I, we forget Vince is a character. <laughs> Vince, Vince is basically just, like, like, a human dildo. Vince, yeah. is, Vince is inoffensive in that he does nothing. Except, Literally like, nothing. But it's... But that, I mean, that is kind of the interesting part... If they had explored it a little further of the show, when it was, like, he's the star you know, of the group. He's the famous one. But he's also, like, the most useless. But that's the point. Yeah. They, they he's let the him... most useless person on this show. They let the entourage... They let give him a drug addiction. <laughs> yeah. But it's mm-hmm. like, it's like saying, you're like, you know, he's just famous because he's nice looking and I guess he can act all right. But he has no other qualities to contribute to society. That's why he's Although, doing this as a job. Like, yeah. basically, every movie they show us and like the reception they have is that he's not that good of an actor or decent right. enough of an actor to pull any of it well, off. Well, the trouble is, we keep seeing. This is the struggle of the show: is we see so much through their lens. Like we see everything through the eyes of his friends and his agent and Vince himself. So we always see people like loving Vince, and Vince is great. And and it's all only honestly, uh, all the people in the industry who love. Vince, it's only Ari. Ari's the only one who really sees anything in Vince. Well, no, but I mean, but when I say in, like, when Vince gets a new movie, everyone's, like, gushing, like, this is gonna be great, everything great, he got cast because they love him, there might be some struggles on set, but he's mostly, like, this great guy, and obviously his friends are all, like, super supportive of, of him, and then every other, every other movie, it's, like, a bomb, and we're like, oh, it's a bomb, and then it becomes, like, but so, like, I don't understand, like, what are we even in this for, because we're not getting a fair like, objective point of view of if he's a good actor or not. Because we see, like, clips of the movie he's been in very briefly. We don't ever see him really, truly, like, at, at length as an actor. I, not that you want to watch a whole movie of Medellin, my god, but, like... For some reason, like, the, um, uh, the Aquaman movie is the one that, like, really just stays burned inside my brain. Where he's, like, in the tux and then he, like, just dives into the water because he's Aquaman and that's what Aquaman does. <laughs> Why is Aquaman wearing a tux? Fucking no garbage. idea. It doesn't matter. But that's what, that's, it's another one of those things where it's like, are we supposed to find this good? And then we only can really figure it out once we get, like, the box office results or the, or the critical results from what's happening. So it's hard to really follow the career and know for sure what's going to go on until we get a result that's like, he's doing great today. (laughs) Like, you need to really spell it out for the audience because it seems to us like he's always a bad actor because they kind of make it all super over the top LA all the time. Remember when Vince got fat for Medellin? Oh, God. (laughs) Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a great show. <laughs> I take all of this back. I, I love Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so let's so we get into this bet. Based on the on the conversation they had earlier about how whether he can handle having unemotional yeah, sex. Yeah, he's never had casual sex. He, like he basically just falls for a girl and has a relationship, which is it I mean, bad? that's not... The, I would say he's ever gotten, like, split your wrist level, obviously. Well, he's... Like, he's... He, it would be it would, honestly. I think it's a fair point for them to all make because he, he's so hung up on his ex girlfriend Sloan, who played played by Emmanuel Chikri, aka Tuna Sub. But they they think that she is this like I, I don't want to hate her, but they think that she's just like completely like usurping his energy all the time, which I don't think is a wrong point of view I mean, to have. Her thing is that she wants him to grow the fuck up, right? Which again, like I said, 
And if this was a well-written show or reality, he would, would. He would ditch them. But the problem is that then it becomes like she's also got her own issues because they need to have an excuse of why they'd still be like flirting with each other because obviously if she's a, a normal human being, she'd just cut ties and walk away. But so they, they keep that like off and on relationship going for a long time. And they're just basically saying like, e, you're a drag. You should just you should just get laid and see what it's like to have unemotional sex for once because it might do you some good. Not a terrible point, point to make, but he just kind of rejects it. And instead of really standing up for himself, and saying, like, no, which he kind of does, then he eventually is like, okay, fine. <laughs> like, 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 it doesn't make any sense. Like, he should have some kind of principle or something. Like, they, they turn on a dime and just, like, completely give in to the entire bet. But so, the bet is that, that Johnny... Well, they, there's a bunch of, like, you know, back and forth amongst the group. And they pretty much say that... Well, Vince says, I think I could get, um... Uh, E-laid before either one Johnny or Turtle would be. And Johnny's like, well, I'm a celebrity again, based on his... He has a, I forget, like a small TV role, um, where he'd go to a convention and find somebody who'd probably, like, want to bang him there. So he's like, I shouldn't be allowed to be in this competition, but I could still help you get laid Turtle and, and prove that one of us could get laid quicker than E. So then it becomes kind of like a, you know, partner up where... They're both in charge of getting the other guy laid because that's what we're watching. <laughs> and Vince is on five Team grand. A. Five grand is the bet. Yeah, for five money grand. is no object. Yes. So so Johnny Drama is in charge of getting Turtle laid and Vince is in charge of getting E laid. The terms are Speaking they can't... Speaking of getting Turtle laid... Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <sighs> Remember when Jerry Ferreira and Kitty Cassidy were dating? Oh my God. Oh God. But, this um, was the first... This was... Wait, I'm not done. <laughs> I don't want to hear more of this. This is circa the first season of uh, Arrow, and so this is circa the first season of Arrow, and around that time there was like uh, rumors that Katie Cassidy was pregnant. So everyone's like, "Oh my God, Turtle knocked her up!" Like, so just imagine a little tur- a Turtle Cassidy baby, Ew. a baby turtle. Uh, all right, so then, so, so they the terms are that they can't pay for it, and it can't be someone they've slept with before, I believe, and then it can't be what was the other thing? Can't pay for it. It has to be unemotional. And... Has to be a stranger. That's what it was. So that's kind of what I meant when they, they can't be someone they actually had sex with before. So that that leaves off a lot of E, because E mostly dates girls that he, like, is obsessed with for, like, long terms, long, long periods of time before he sleeps with them. So, but he's, like, convinced, or Vince is convinced that he can help him out, and, and Johnny's obviously... Uh, shameless about most things regarding sex, so they're both like, let's do well, it. Yeah, within this conversation, I've gotten my notes about Johnny saying that he could get laid at a funeral. Oh, yeah, and <laughs> then there's the a creepy joke. There's a creepy joke from E. He's like, oh, would that no, be no. unemotional? He was like, would that be unemotional for you or the dead girl? I was or like, the dead oh, girl. Oh, gross. Yeah. That's yeah, why, so like, bad. E is just as bad. Like, yeah. he pretends to be this, like, completely charming guy, but I he's mean, got creepy jokes like who that. Doesn't, who doesn't love a good necrophilia joke yeah. in 2007? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the but other so, joke yeah. was, uh, drama says that uh, he made a girl ride home on her bike after ass-fucking her, so. Yeah, he said that, oh, that's the one thing. So E says... I'm not going to search out a girl just to fuck her. It's mean. Which is honestly close to, okay, that's an okay point of view. But I do agree with Johnny's response to that, which is, like, if you're going to have sex with someone during the daytime, you're they're getting as much out of it as you are. Don't assume that girls don't want to have sex during the daytime. That's, that's even meaner, I think. There's some pretty gross stuff being thrown around, but they both agreed to the terms. They shake hands on the good Chase name, which is, like, no one's ever considered Hilarious. the Chase name very good. And uh, they're off to the races, and they're going to try and figure out how to get them laid. So... In the meantime, the other subplot to this is even more pointless to that, which is Ari and Mrs. Ari, which is Melissa, She, they're trying to get their son into um, the Briar 
something country day school. Briar Country Day School. And it's it's I guess a prestigious private elementary school or something like that, I guess you describe it as. Yeah. I don't know how young the kid is. He definitely looks pretty young. Um It looks like he's gonna be starting he's uh he's gonna start kindergarten. Right. They're in they're the fall like, or whatever. They're, like, eager to get him into a place that's not public school, though. Like, that's their primary goal, is to not put them in public school. Which we'll get to later on, because it makes no sense. But, um, uh, this, the principal is, uh, I always just refer to him as Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson. Yeah, Dan yes. Castellaneta. <laughs> Dan Castellaneta. And he is not having it, because over the course of the season, I did a little research to remember it, but as you can imagine, if you've ever seen the show, um, Jeremy Piven as Ari is a complete maniac. He's been he's Ari, basically. Field. He's usually, like, cursing out the other kids, screaming that the coaching is being unfair, and generally calling bullshit on the entire soccer game. So he's like, I'm not having you at the school because I've seen how you act at the preschool, so God knows if I put you in here, you'll be a mess. And Basically, I should punish your child. It's for horrible! Because it's pretty horrible. Like, they tell me all these rich and famous like parents aren't also terrible. Yeah, exactly. Like, is the only terrible one. Like, fuck you. And so what happened is he basically blackballed him from getting into any private school, let alone his own private school. And um, Ari's just not having it because that's not how Ari does business. And now they eventually, I mean, we can kind of skip ahead a little bit to this plot because it's kind of all self-contained. Yeah. They, he does eventually hire a PI to look in to see if there's any blackmail. William Forsyth. Well, good old William well, Forsyth. Well, wait. Let's not skip to that yet because I want to talk about uh, when he's at the public school. Well, oh, yeah, we'll get to that too. But I mostly just want to mention this because I think it's stupid. Because when, when he says that there's no dirt on this principal, like he's a perfect guy, the fact that he's blackmailing him from or blackballing him from going to other schools and doing this is evidence that he's not a good guy. I'm like, you well, can go to the, the press whole, with that kind of a story. I mean, spoiler alert: the whole thing boils down to, in true Hollywood fashion, Homer Simpson wants something from Ari. Yeah, I mean, this is like, something the PI should have figured out, and Ari should have come to the guy with himself. It shouldn't have been that uh, Homer Simpson told him. Yeah, it was stupid. Actually, actually sorry, I'm not going to call him Homer Simpson. I'm always, I'm going to call him Aaron Spelling after those amazing uh, 90210 Moe's Place uh, Lifetime movies. Nice. If you've not seen uh, Dan Kessel oh, as Aaron Spelling, you've missed out on something that is amazing and acting yeah. people. So, but I just love the idea of Homer Simpson running an elementary school. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> but just I, children. It, it's just so Wait. frustrating when later on they say there's nothing on him. I'm like, they. I mean, I guess you don't want to. You don't want to blow up your own spot by telling everybody that you're the person being blackballed. But it, it is shady that he's doing that and like and, demanding him he can't go into school just because you're a bad parent. Like, of that's course not, it's shady. And the PI, if the PI is so good, he should have been like, oh hey, his son works in the mailroom at Abrams Art Agency. This could be a way in, you know? It's It doesn't make any sense. They wanted an excuse to get emotional with Jeremy Piven, but we'll get to that in a minute. Well, because we do not want to skip over the public school part, because holy shit, I have uh, issues well, with that. I, the reason I need to talk about the public school part is because what happens when he's leaving the public school that I notice and I'm like, oh my god, this is... Well, let's just, jump, let's just take care of Ari's plot altogether, because okay. it is very self-contained. So after he goes to the school... And he just basically yells at the principal again that you're blackballing my son, my son from going to other schools. And it's it sucks because like you could just ban the father from coming to school to to sporting events. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, that's it. End of conversation. The fact that he's like stopping his child from going to school there is ridiculous. But we got, besides that though, we eventually like he says, well, I'm going to go shop around at other public schools to try and get my kid um, there instead. And they cut to I swear to God, this makes no sense. They cut to. Ari and Mrs. Ari, which is Mrs. Melissa Ari, uh, or Mrs. Melissa Gold, they're inside the public school without a guide, 
There's no teacher in the classroom. Did they just walk into a classroom on their own and just stare at a bunch of kids? You know, poor people have it bad, obviously. I don't even and, understand! And poor people's children are monsters. So, the, the, the chaos that ensues in the classroom... Again, I don't buy that two grown adults without any supervision could just pretty much walk into a classroom and stare at a bunch of kids without getting arrested, let alone... You like, can when you have money! Yeah, but like so... That- it was like that scene in Toy Story 3 where they have, like, the good side with all the well-behaved kids, and then they have the other side of the school where the kids come in and just rip everything apart. Yeah. <laughs> those kids. Like, it was, those the kids are basically, like, they're, like, minutes away from, like, tearing their hair out and, like, rubbing stuff on the ground, and, like, it's, cra- it's kick, like, total chaos. They kick chaos. Ari. Yeah, one, one of the kids, kids is practicing Ari. karate and then kicks Ari in the shin, which I appreciated. <laughs> like, that kid at least knows what's up. But pretty much they're, they're saying, like, public schools for poor, crazy children. My kid cannot go here. And then they storm out because he's furious about being kicked and everything in general. And he, he even says at one point, he's like, is there no teacher? Did they lose at the cutbacks, too? I'm like, no, there are teachers. <laughs> there have to be teachers. It's a fucking school, idiot. But yeah. So he okay, here's my problem. Here's what I realized during the storm out, which is more upsetting than turtle sex. All right, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. For, uh, my, what, what I had, the problem I had with the storming out, well, I don't even know if it was a problem as much as just a catastrophe I noticed. Um, during the storm off, Pippin's, um, Jeremy Pippin's penis is clearly in motion. What? Oh I don't think he was wearing underwear, guys. What? No! I don't want to know that! <laughs> oh my god. I, I thought maybe, maybe I was seeing something, so I rewound a couple times. Oh, if you could please go to the scene right now and just, like, look. This is like another, like, this is a Jensen Ackle situation. Oh, this is the God. worst thing I've ever heard in my life. No, please go back and look right now. Oh, man. I don't even know if I can I'm gonna do, do it. it. I'm gonna do it. Here we go. Come this on. It's like, it's like front and center. It's in motion. Oh, oh God! No! You see it? Yes. He's not wearing underwear, is he? If he is, it's probably silk or something. It's not. It's not good. Oh god! Ew! Ew! It's totally. It's totally. Yeah. Oh no! Oh wow! Right. Nope. Nope. It's so so much like. I wouldn't usually think or notice that, but it's like it's so blatant. So that... they just walked into a school unsupervised in a classroom with no teacher, allegedly, and he's got that going on. How are they not sex offenders by that alone? <laughs> Honestly, so everyone. I hope everyone listening at home takes the time to just go into this episode right now just to, to see what we're discussing. Oh, it's, it's horrifying. I mean, I almost don't want to wish that on anyone, but also make maybe. a video clip or like a gif of it. Oh, I don't even know if I want to do that. I have to stare at it for like five minutes. Good for you, pal. Good for you. But yeah, so, oh god, Latoya. Well, I I wouldn't say nice catch, but that's, no. (laughs) I don't want that life. I don't want this life that I've seen that now. But yes, okay, Ari freaks out. I didn't notice. I watched this like in 1080p because I'm like, I wanted to see, make sure I didn't miss anything, and I guess I didn't. No, you didn't. You literally missed nothing. (sighs) But so Ari freaks out because they're pissed that the kid's not going to get into the school now because, well, his only option is basically to live in that school. Or to go to that school, which is not a good option at all. And also, that's not what public school is, in my opinion. I mean, it's... It, I'm not from L.A., so I don't know if that's what it's like I'm there. I'm trying to into, like, a nice public school, too. Like, in, a, like, in Beverly Hills or something. It's stupid. Anyway, so it's not possible. There's no way the public schools are that bad. It was just ridiculous. So, but they pretty much just make it, like, almost like... It's like a cartoon. And so once they storm out, 
uh, dick and all, um, he he eventually storms off. He's like, I'm gonna handle this the way I should have, and he hires the private eye to go and look up for some dirt on the uh, other principal to try and blackmail him into letting him in. And he does eventually do that. Um, he can't find anything. Uh, he, I, there was a, a terrible joke where he, where he goes back to his office and he tells uh, his his uh, assistant uh, to Lloyd. stop to Lloyd, Lloyd to stop dressing like Paula Poundstone. And he's oh, actually God. correct. Yeah, it is <laughs> the rare insult of Lloyd that actually works. And Lloyd like but then Lloyd ruins it because Lloyd Lloyd is pulls open the which I didn't believe for a second that he wouldn't, but whatever. But he pulls open a mirror. You'd be surprised how few a lot of age, uh, agents assistants know actually about anything. In Hollywood. Oh, well, then maybe. But, I mean, who wouldn't know who... Anyway, so he's like, who's Paula Poundstone? Like, very innocently, this has no idea what the joke was even about. Uh, but, yeah, so they're 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 underway trying to get an, into the private school another way. Um, and then, once he eventually figures out that um, there's nothing on the guy, he feels obligated to at least go and talk to him man-to-man and pretty much just beg for the position, beg well, for the open slot. you're skipping over the fact that, like, Ari accepts, okay, now my kid has to go to public school, so I'm gonna be, like, a better Oh, father. God, I forgot about that. It's that so was the funny, worst. though. He goes home, and he's got all these, like, children's books for the kid, and so, like, Mrs. Ari and the older daughter are there, and he's like, uh, things are gonna change, the school doesn't matter, it's how the environment at home is, as how your kid is raised, and he's like, we're gonna, he's like, I'm gonna read to my son, he's like, we're gonna have family dinners, and the daughter, every night, and the daughter's like, ew, and he's like, and no TV, ew. And it, like, approaches something resembling a good Again, moral this, lesson. Again, plot is the only thing that is comedy in this entire episode. Yeah, and that whole scene, though, is almost like something approaching, like, oh, well, this is kind of a it, nice thing that happened. It's actually, yeah, it's a pretty good scene, too. And, and although it's, goes, it's ruined by his son saying... Well, Am I gonna? Not, it's not ruined in a bad way, though. Well, yeah, You're it's like, funny, oh, but it's like it's still like, oh my god. The moral is basically like, don't try and be a good dad. Just try and manipulate people so that you don't have well, to be. Because the son. Or is- no, try and manipulate people to be a better dad. Yeah. Yeah. The son is adorable, and he asks him, you know, all in this sad, cute little kid voice, like if he's gonna go to school next year with this friend of his, and he really wants. Who to did get him. into the school? Who yeah, did right. already? Yeah, he's already in the school, so he's definitely not gonna go to school with them if he can't. Get so into the, the moral of the story is if your child asks for something, give it to them, no matter what it takes. It's that's crazy! It's a crazy thought. I mean, it is, again, though, it's an education. It's not like he's asking for some fucking toy or something. I mean, that's sort of that, true, but also, like... What makes it mostly work, honestly. Yeah, it's just, it's, but I think it's tougher because... the truth is, it's not the kid's fault he didn't get into the school to begin with. Exactly. So. That's, that also... Be, the kid's being... fixing his fuck-up. And yeah, so Ari goes... being punished for everybody else's fuck-ups. So. so Ari goes over to this guy's house, like, creepily in the middle of the night, practically, and then just shows up, knocks on the wife's door. Now, earlier we had learned from the PI that not only was there nothing on them, like, other people were equally mad about this guy. So I'm like, this guy is doing this to other people. He's clearly got, like, a power complex. Yeah, but we don't know why the other people's kid didn't uh, get into the school. He might have been I guess been that's true. But maybe just be fucking dumb. Yeah, yeah, possibly. But so other people have hired PIs to look into this already, because he's already, like, blocking them from getting in. But, like, well, I understand blocking them from getting into your school, but apparently other schools, like, this guy's got, like, a weird power complex, I swear. Well, I don't, I, I don't think he said that he was blocking other, like, from other yeah, schools. Yeah, I think... It's just, like... But why else just, would they... I like guess they want that. people who want their own way, basically. Yeah, it's yeah, just... people who have PIs to that, do this. The other parent yeah. that hired a PI, like, we never find out whether he was barring him from other schools. It was just... I think those were just, like, rich, entitled parents who wanted to blackmail the guy. But, well, that's what Ari was doing, too. Yeah. But then he goes and begs him, like, one-on-one. 
Like, there's a scene where Jeremy Piven is, he starts, he's like a single tear, like, sliding down, and he makes the creepiest faces in the scene. It's an emotional scene, and I know it's supposed to be, like, really resonant, but I just was so creeped out by the faces he was making, I couldn't take it. That's what you were creeped out by? Because watching this in 1080p, this scene was great because, like, Piven's hair plugs were in full effect, and I was so distracted (laughs) by them. I was like, this is amazing. Could you, like, count each hair plug? I was like, this piece is... Like art, I and know. I want to touch it, but I, I know he wouldn't let me touch it because like he'll sue you if you touch his hair. Yeah, he's one of the OG hairpiece guys. In, now in I know where Latoya's priorities lie, and that's Piven's dick and Piven's hair. <laughs> I mean, if you watch the show in 1080p, your priorities will lie there too. Yes, but so so this one in particular, it's the kind of it's the kind of like scene where you're supposed to be like, oh, this is so emotionally grounded, and like I suddenly care about these characters. Um, and, like, in general, it comes across as, like, a completely, I don't know, like, a completely different sort of show. Um, and it, it's great. I actually think it's more, uh, this is more of what we want in this show, I think, is the kind of, I, like... I would watch would honestly kind of be a better show if it was just about Ari and, like, how exactly. he... How he balances, uh, like, work and, like, home life, honestly. Yeah, and I like it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, but j- just, it just sort of, to me, it's a little let down because... I think it was, like, too rushed, and, and Jeremy Piven's face was just too, like, upset. Like, he- it's a really weird- it's a really weird scene. Like, I can't really describe it unless you see it, because he's making these faces that I- it's weird, because I know from watching the show, he's done other emotional scenes that were way better. A lot of the stuff with Lloyd, actually, is a lot more emotional, which I appreciate, but, like, I think that this scene in particular just happens to be especially, like, forced, and it looks really creepy. And, um- I feel like if you think of it as, like, him in the previous scene realizing that, like- he needs to fix this, otherwise he's going to, like, continue to fuck over his family because right. it is, like, well, yeah. That's the thing, is, like, the scene emotionally makes sense, and I like it, but it's the faces that he's pulling are creepy, that's what I mean. his hair instead. And that's just because he's a weird-looking crier. And, and I think there are other episodes where he gets better at that, because he just hasn't done that a ton. Really, in his career, he's not really well-known for doing a ton of serious crying work. He's more, like, going up off the handle or being... I wouldn't even say, like, comedic necessarily, but just more, like, he gets more emotion through rage than he does through crying. Which is why it was a good scene, but... Like I said, he's the best actor on the show. Oh, for sure. By a yeah. long by a long Easily. shot. For sure. But so then that happens, and then um, he does eventually talk to the guy, and he convinces him that, well, um, I would really... Like, turns out there is one thing I can ask of you. So I'm like... All of this, this whole lesson, is really just how to best manipulate people in this in this uh, industry. And he tells him that he's got a son at a rival agency, but he's special, and he just thinks he could do better than he's working in the mailroom right now. And I have a hard time believing that this guy hasn't been able to pull strings for him to get a better job already, but whatever, okay. He's only just now being pre- presented this great opportunity. Um, uh, Piven promises him, like, an A-plus desk at a, at a real agency... As Which makes tomorrow. me wonder how terrible his son is at his job if he's not going to get like naturally promoted, like to assistant. Or is there is there nobody else who's ever like uh, who's ever been in the same position? Like I'm shocked by that. Well, I couldn't figure out how special he meant his son was when he said his son was special. So I was like, well, if he was like, if he's especially you're thinking he probably wouldn't have the job in the mailroom anyway. So right, yeah. But I mean, that's. I understand that kind of, like, okay, he wanted to maybe let his son succeed on his own, he's just not doing it the way he thought he could, 
But like, so you're basically also going to do the same thing for your own. And, and then we do get a line from Piven where he's like, the things we do for our children. I'm like, you mean just not let them succeed on their own? <laughs> Any merits? These children are going to be terrible. They're going to be handed everything in their lives. Welcome just, to Hollywood. I know. It's what I mean. It's what the, the core of the scene is. is is don't even bother trying to get this get things the good way. You're always gonna have to eventually manipulate people in the long run, and that's it. Speaking of terribleness, let's talk about the A plot. Yeah, so, that, so that, Scott this is, Con was in the episode. This is that was the wrap up to that. He basically says, "All right, they shake hands on it." He goes back inside, and Pivens like, "I love this industry," dance. and then like skips off of the house, learning nothing. Back to square one. Everything is better when you're just manipulating people from your your high you know uh, turret in the sky. And then we get back to the, the main plot. Jesus, man. Oh, the main plot is crazy. Um, so, so just when we thought it was already crazy enough, uh, we decide to, well, first, we, maybe we should split it down the middle and we'll go back. But we, get, we split off in teams from uh, Vincent E. and Johnny and Turtle. So Vincent and E. go to a hotel bar where Vince is pretty much just lying around, letting people realize it's Vincent Chase, and getting free drinks, even though he's a millionaire. <laughs> um, so these two women offer him- well, yeah, as you know, the more, the more you are, the less you ever have to pay for stuff. Exactly, and it's, it's, it's really frustrating to watch happen in real time. But these two women um, buy him drinks, and they're like, oh, hey- and then they proceed to, like, go over and, like, flirt with them. And then we get... I mean, look. The one girl I actually enjoyed a lot. The one that eventually fucks Vince. She was great. The other one is just so stilted. It's really awkward. Because there's, like, a conversation that proceeds. It's just straight up terrible. Like, it's... It's like... Part of that is because the actress is not British. She's Australian. Uh, her name is Emma Long. And she's actually a series regular on a Australian, like, uh, nighttime soap I kind of love called Wonderland. And she's great there, actually. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't really blame it. It's only the writing, in my opinion. Because this is like every other episode of the show. There's like a terrible, like, oh, you're Vincent Chase? Yeah, I am. Do you want to go upstairs? Like, that's the conversation he has, like, every episode. So there's nothing different they can really do here. It's just a different version of that. But this is what happens. It's basically, Vince says, well, what you can do is just, I'll, I'll go sleep with one of the girls. You can grab the other girl. It's a logical plan. It works. It literally works. Like, in seconds, he could have been sleeping with this girl. He's just such an idiot. He keeps putting his foot in his mouth. But so, um, so Vince... And also, apparently, fate just wants to ruin things for him. Right. And it's also, like, the, the, the scene is just so bad because it's just such a ridiculous, like... Give them, uh, I don't know, give them, like, regular jobs. Or what do they do? Uh, she sells linens and, uh, uh, I'm her top sales rep. <laughs> like, it's terrible. Like, is it even that they, like... The blonde, she, did she, like, make the linens? Okay, she I'm gonna design. describe this. I took copious notes on this. She designs linens. So, so like, they, who, who they meet... It's ridiculous. So they, they meet these two women who are British. They have this conversation about, oh, I love London, and then E is left off to try and make some conversation like a normal human being. And Vince is doing... Like, the, the thing about Vince Chase is that even if you don't like him... He is smooth as hell, so he's very, very capable of having a smooth conversation long Although before he, he became an actor. Wait, I, I don't even know if he is smooth as hell, because he can be smooth because he's rich and famous. I feel like his smooth, like, go with the phonus didn't actually work pre-fame. I mean, you're he not wrong. He didn't I think actually it, try. I think it comes well, with it, but, I mean, this the episode, whole... he was super smooth. Like, Well, she she starts it with, like, yeah, you could, uh, you'd really like these linens. Like... <laughs> well, before that even happens, though, he really tries to help E out. He's like, oh, E loves London. That's one of our favorite places to stay in. And then E's like, yeah, I just beat out Dusseldorf. And then they're like, oh, I love Dusseldorf. Where oh, do you, you stay? Mean, do you mean Dusseldorf? As yeah, Dusseldorf. Connelly pronounces God it? damn it. 
And then she's like, oh, where do you stay in, Dus- in, in Dusseldorf? And he's like, oh, I was just kidding. I've never been there. I'm like, wow, you're never- terrible. And then the conversation like goes to another spiky great point where he goes, uh, I don't know. When we're in London, we stay at the Marriott. Silence. And I'm like, this is the worst conversation I've ever heard. <laughs> and then she's like, and then she's like, so what do you girls do? And then she says, I design linens. And then the other girl says, and I'm her top sales rep. I'm like, that's the worst two lines I've ever heard of, of I what I do. That's not also a joke. I know. That's, that's what I mean. Legit. It was terrible. And then, then they proceed to, well, they, they have a really like, um, back and forth Vincent and, and the, and the uh, designer because she's like, oh, I'd love to show you and get a celebrity endorsement. He's like, oh, well, I would never endorse sheets I've never, or linens I've never used. And she's like, oh, well, oh you definitely God. use these. You want me to go show you them? What? It's a really smooth what? conversation. They do well at that, I think. You say smooth, I say vomit-inducing. <laughs> it's definitely vomit-inducing, but it's, like, it's you so much... You admit that Vince is your favorite character. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, compared to E, E is, like, floundering. It's, like, a pathetic... E is like, I, I say at the Marriott. <laughs> and Vince is like, let me see this smooth linens. Like, it's just a way different... The well, game the, the is, is way one different. One wants to fuck someone and the other one doesn't, though. Like... Well, allegedly E's in on the bet now. He wasn't like he wasn't interested in it, so... It may- he wasn't interested in it, though. He just like, knew they were never going to shut the fuck up about it. Which is basically, again... Well, later on, he's in on it. So that's, again, it's, it's one of those things where he pretends he's not into it, and then eventually he is when it matters. So I just find him so infuriating. I hate that character. Well, but, no, he's not even pretending he's not into it. He's only into it once Sloane tells him that he's dating... Like, she's dating someone else. Like, yeah. he's not pretending. He's genuinely not into it at all. Well, yeah, because he's always just basically... Well, E's, like, permanent status is just thinking about Sloane. Is this one of the weird things where you get, like, irrationally angry about a character when there are many other worst characters in the same vicinity? He is... I think E is definitely the worst of the bunch, though. I mean, that's They're all terrible. Favorite, but... E is terrible. Turtle, who's complaining about all the fat uggos that he doesn't want to sleep with? Turtle! Well, the Turtle's yeah. definitely just as bad, in my opinion. But I, I think the E and Turtle are the two least attractive people. Not attractive, like, bad No, characters. I mean, I get... I get what you're saying, because of what it is, it's the facade of being something other than terrible. Because like, Well, they're the all ca- terrible. The other characters are blatantly horrible and, like, upfront about how horrible they are, even if they're clueless. That still makes them- that still makes them very horrible. Right, they're horrible, and but he's basically, he, like- He puts on that he is the decent one of the group. And, and in they, fact, in theory, he's- He's more- terrible. He's probably more decent than any of them, but he's still terrible. <laughs> So. Yes, they're all terrible. He's the least terrible of them, despite what Mora is trying to say. Well, that's I just, like, I you know, being a part about being a sociopath doesn't make you any less of a sociopath. Yeah, who's the least terrible serial killer from this list of serial killers? <laughs> you know, yeah. who's the least terrible dictator, what? murderer, yeah, Stalin yeah, or Hitler? The way you're saying it is like, well, this one at least is upfront about being a serial killer, but since this one's not, he's the worst serial killer. Like, no! Well, then you know to avoid no. someone like that. No, I'm just saying... Even even if, well, even if the one that is uh, upfront about being a serial killer has killed more people, you would still deem the one who is not upfront about being a serial killer as the worst one. Well, arguably, the, the person who Horror, doesn't but... say... Well, the, arguably, the person who doesn't tell people they're a serial killer could potentially kill more people because they're not... You're not operating above board. You know what I'm saying? It is you... You're never operating above board because you're a serial killer. <laughs> well, obviously. In this situation... What I'm, what I'm trying to say is... We are aware. is a serial killer. Secretly. <laughs> that I buy. Now, now we're on the same That would have been a great reveal for... Like, I would have seen... I would have seen the totally entourage a serial movie. killer. I would have seen the Entourage movie if any of them had been revealed I've, as a serial killer. Please make 
Bitch will be the serial killer and we'll be like, oh, yep, it's always the quiet one. I think my... the ones you forget exist. The shy ones. I think my main problem with him is I just have no interest in that on again, off again thing with Sloan, so I find him incredibly boring. And that's a huge factor in it, too. (laughs) Again, you do the thing, it's like, well, I find him boring, and then it turns into, like, he's the worst! Well, I do, I don't don't like him at all. I think he is the worst, and I find that all terrible, but I think that he's never redeemed in any kind of similar way that some of the other guys are. Not that they're redeemed, but, like, have better options. No, they're redeemed! No, Ah, I don't know why I have de- defending, defending any character on Andron. <laughs> besides Jerry Pippen and his motion full penis. <laughs> oh Jesus! That's indefensible, right there. I'm so I'm so happy that like none of the other characters' penises were flopping around. Well, that we can all agree I, on. My I God, that that, that would have been that would have marked my last appearance on the Televoid, and everyone would have been so grateful. <laughs> I, we would have been canceled. Goodbye, White Urkel. It's too much penis for me. <laughs> we would have been canceled for pornography purposes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think my I think my main problem with him is that this is the only long term relationship we ever see with him, and it's just so unbearable to me. I have no interest in Emmanuel Shikri either. I find it all like blah. So I think on top of the fact well, that that's, he's... that's because you have like uh, residual on the line resentment, don't you? No, I have residual. <laughs> he's just not that into you resentment. That's probably part of it. I- Emmanuel Shriek is in that movie. No, but no, Kevin Connolly is. The Bradley Cooper plot and how furious that makes me. No, Kevin Connolly's in that and he's awful in that as well. So. Oh, I thought you were saying Emmanuel Shrieky was in it. I'm like, what are you talking no, about? No, 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 no. I, I have a hard time with Kevin Connolly in general. I find him really creepy. But anyway, so I just don't like that character and I don't like these scenes. But regardless of that. You can't bring that into your, your creepy factor with Kevin Connolly into... <laughs> The E discussion. I'm trying to describe why I don't like him. I can't just, I mean, I just don't but like you're him. Not doing, you're doing the same thing you always do, or it's like, well, come on. He, you, but I understand you're not liking him, but calling him, like, the worst of to all me. these characters to is me. ridiculous. I'm hoping you bring up the serial killer analogy again. Well, that I just, my I, think, I think my problem is, it's kind of like a Trojan horse, where a lot of people think he's, like, oh, well, he's me. If I'm on this show, he's, he's a good guy. But it's like, well, no, he's just as bad. Any of these characters are already trash, so, like... But I think a lot of people see E and think he is a good, bo- a good nice guy. That's the difference is what I'm saying. But but no, those I'm people, happy. we realize, are seeing any kind of worth in the characters of Entourage. And, again, <laughs> that's already a bad sign. Yeah. So, being upset that those people are seeing him as a good one... I just want to ask the Entourage expert, as I only watched two yeah. seasons... Was there ever a point in the show where the show itself acknowledged that E could be terrible sometimes? Or was it always just the show writing him as the the normal one of the group? Because that's that's Ari calls it out all the time. I think Scott Kahn called it all, <laughs> out all the time as well, yeah. Yeah. Of course Scott Kahn, arguably Scott Kahn, hero of one the One of people. the best characters. Scott Kahn's, like, one of the better characters and actors that was on this show, honestly. Scott Kahn. Scott Kahn made those... Scott Kahn. Scott Kahn made those later seasons even slightly bearable. Scott Kahn. I kid you not. The voice of the people. Well, Scott Kahn. Ari, Ari hates E for a long time, so that's a huge factor in why he calls him out, but I think it's... I think I always kind of agree with Ari on that. I think Ari just like you're pretending to be better than you are, E. You're not. You're just as bad as the rest right. of them, which I kind of appreciate, which is, I, I think... Probably part of why I don't like him is because I, I enjoyed Ari more growing up. Because, again, Ari is the more interesting character of the bunch of them, I think. Well, because Ari is the most self-aware. Also, when Vince is addicted to, addicted to marijuana, he calls out E. Yeah. E is always kind of thrown under the bus. 
for many other reasons besides yeah. being the worst, but... They- Oh my god, I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah, they call him out, actually, quite quite often. Alright. Right, I mean, what I mean is they don't call him out for being the worst, necessarily. They do, but they also call him out for other reasons, too. So he's always been... He gets he gets yeah, shit on plenty. Good. Good. He gets shit on this episode. They all shit on him in the beginning of the episode for being, like, too emotional. Yeah, but they're so shitting on him for having good qualities. Which... That's a totally different thing. Like, yeah, good qualities you actually like, would like in a They're person. honestly, like, misogynistic sociopaths in the opening and they're giving him shit for not being one yeah like, yeah it's ridiculous and you were defending that more i'm not defending that i'm just saying he's just as you're bad you're defending it you're like he's kind of right like no well he has that thing where he's like i don't want to be mean to a girl just to like go have sex with her which is like i mean i get his point of view but also he does eventually have sex with a girl but i can't believe you're saying that's a bad thing oh it's not i think the bad thing is him pretending that he wasn't going to do that eventually anyway that's the thing i have a hard time with well, him well he doesn't want to be mean to a girl and then like lead him on or whatever but like this this woman like she knows what like she's getting into and like she clearly just wants to fuck him too like it's yeah. not like it's oh no that's exactly what i mean been, yeah it'd be I the just have... thing if he had at the end been like duplicitous or something but he's not and, like, she's even aware of his ex-girlfriend in the situation, too. So, it's not even, like, him going back on his word or anything, really, in this. They both know what this is, as opposed to what the bet was, which was, like, the girl wouldn't know what any of this is, really. Well, that yeah. well at the beginning, even, I think it's drama, even says, like, he makes a good point. Like, he's, like, telling him, he's, like, if the girl wants to date fuck you, then she's into it, too. You're not taking advantage of her. So, like, that's the right. whole point there, that he's not willing to take advantage of this girl, but she's like, I'm here, let's do it. Like, I'm on vacation, let's have fun. So. Yeah, again, so I, I think he does not take advantage of a girl, so he stands by, like, what he was saying anyway. Right, but I, I think I just, the whole pretending that he's not gonna fuck some girl in the beginning is all for, po- it's all pointless, because he does eventually fuck a girl. The only reason he goes back to the girl at the end, in my opinion, is because of Sloane saying that she's with somebody. So. I mean, it's definitely a factor. Yeah. That's the, right after he hangs on the phone, so it's, it's like him getting back at Sloane, and that's fine. It's like a, it's like a revenge fuck, I guess, but like, it's just the pretending that he's better than doing that is what frustrates me, is it's like, no, you're just the same as everybody else. You're a human being. You're not perfect. <laughs> Which I like when they call him out well, on, was, at least, well, more. But he was never pretending he was better than that, and that, like, this is a revenge fuck, basically, which is completely different than what they were talking about in the first place. Well, I, d- I disagree, though, because he says, I'm not searching a girl out just to fuck her. It's mean. So he does go back on that, because he does search out a girl just to fuck her. He does search out a girl, because he already met this girl, and he had already been like, no, but then they ha- decided to have their date, and they fucked. I don't know. I, I, just, I just don't like E. You're never gonna convince me to like E. I, I realize this. It, just, it seems to not matter if I point out what actually happened. Yeah. Ugh, he just, I, I think part of it's his voice, to be honest. <laughs> That's a huge factor. Which, considering how much you sound like him, is ridiculous. Oh, I sound like E! <laughs> yes! Oh, no. <laughs> Same voice, just different genders. Oh, man. Maybe that's why you don't like the actual, like, you don't like someone who sounds like you. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I find so it, it's like, no. it's a whole no. self-loathing thing is what we've... Yeah. Well, I'm glad we... You don't want the same... So you don't go after a twin I'm of glad you. we had this therapy session. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, but getting back to the main plot, though, I love it because they go, um, they go to the, to the hotel and, um, they, they basically, like, hit on each other to the point where Vince goes up and just starts sleeping with the girl. 
And at first they're like, is it awkward that we, we're leaving you? And she's like, oh, I think you can handle it. He's just a shy little American boy. And of course he's like, I'm not shy. <laughs> she's like the most shy person in the world. But like, he's like mumbling, like looking down, like I'm not shy. And it's sweet because I think the girl really understands like he's nervous. He, she says as much, like you're super nervous. And he's like, I'm not nervous. And, he, and she's like, you're, are you just pretending or because you're clearly nervous? He's like, oh no, I'm, he's like, I have a very stressful job. I need some more, something to drink. So she gets four shots of tequila, and he's like, oh, I'm going to drink you under the table. And they actually, like, start to kind of get along. After he asks for limes, because he's not yeah. that strong of a drinker. <laughs> yeah, and he he's about to finally kind of get it in, because she's like, now we're, start- now we're talking. Get it in. Then Sloane shows up. Well, Sloane shows up at the worst possible moment. Sloane and- does not have a job, like I said. <laughs> yeah, she went, she, she got, they broke up originally because, again, I never understood why they broke up either. It's stupid, but... He they went away for a long shoot for like yeah for three months for that shitty movie yeah for like six months and then they they left and then came back and then went away again to Italy for three or four months or something so she was mm-hmm. mad that he was going right right back away I'm like well that's his job I never understood that at all but like she just was mad that he didn't like, he could have brought her I because guess. again Sloane doesn't have a job no it's garbage and she doesn't understand terrible. how it is when people work. So she's she's like, oh, it's fine, but you pretty much forced me to break up with you because you refused to not go to Italy. And he's like, oh, I'm back. And she's like, oh, this is awkward. And the the girl, the British girl that he's been hitting on, he gets up and leaves her there. So she gets up and follows him over. I'm like, wow, this girl is like forward as hell. She could technically just sit there. Even though he's like, wait, I'll be right back. So like, yeah, it's kind of awkward. Calm down. She, she shows up next to him and she's like, hi. And he introduces her as the wrong name. Yeah, that's horrible. The, her friend. Her friend is, I forget what the name of the friend is. Can't even remember. Like, Jennifer. But she's Heather. Heather. He, he says the wrong name, this is Heather, and she's like, corrects him, like, no, I'm actually Heather. And he's like, oops, uh, her friend's name is Jennifer. She's upstairs. And, um, basically, like, no, no, the friend's name is Heather. I wrote this down. I'm sorry. Now that I have to, like, know what's going on here. Yeah. Let's see, I don't think Vince is good at sex. That's one of my notes. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I don't think Vince is good at sex. Do you guys? No, no. he's not good at sex. Just, that sex scene was terrible. He just lays there and she does all the work, so no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's... Okay, yeah, uh, Vince is, is having sex with Heather and the girl who stayed is, is uh, Juliet. Juliet, okay, I know it's a J. All right, so then they, they, like, awkwardly, like, talk about the fact that they, like, are broken up now and she's like, oh, it's fine. Sloane never mentions <laughs> that she's seeing someone then, I guess because it's awkward in the situation. But she's just like, well, it's good to know you're back in town. And then she just awkwardly, like, stumbles away, like, yikes. And then the, the Heather girl's like, oh, is that your ex? And he, he's like, yeah, it was. And she's like, so what happened? Why'd you break up? He's like, I was an idiot. So you can tell he's still obviously holding a flame for Sloan, as he is the entire series and movie, from what I understand. Um, and so they go back over to, I guess, keep getting caught up. But we eventually see E give up, and he shows back up at the, um, is it their apartment? I guess it's an apartment. I didn't recognize that place. I think it's one of the guys' place, right? I don't know. Because at this point, Vince remember. has that huge mansion. Wait. Well, Vince has, like, a huge, ma- a huge mansion. This is, this is drama's place. This oh, is drama's, drama's place. Okay. So they're at they're a drama's place, and they're getting ready with the bunny suit, but we'll get back to that in a second. But so <laughs> they're, they're there. gloss over freaking. bunny suit. Oh, yeah, because we haven't talked about Oh, no, no, no. We're dance. going back. Did we talk about the internet cafe? No, that's my next thing. 
So I just wanted to wrap up. So Vince is all fucking the girl. They all get back and they all like recap. So let's go back to back in the in time to when because basically, like I said, it splits into two plots. It splits into Johnny do it, do it, do it. and <laughs> it splits into Johnny and Turtle and uh, Vincent and E. So we saw the Vincent and E side of things, and and E did not actually sleep with the girl yet, although he definitely got close and he could probably. You keep calling him Vincent, which I love. Oh. But so, so they're so they're split off doing their own thing. But we do find out that E didn't actually get laid after all that. In the meantime, um, Johnny takes Turtle to the place where he says that even a I don't know how, how to describe it a one eyed leper could get uh, laid, uh-huh. which is Craigslist. So Good he old takes 2007. him. Two thousand seven. They go to an internet cafe. Like was like, this? This that was wasn't more- a thing. No. This is not, this would not happen. You guys have money. <laughs> it did yeah. not make any sense at all. Like they would go back to their house and go to the internet. You don't look on Craigslist for like hookups at an internet I... cafe. Well, this is this is before the Craigslist killer, pre Craigslist killer world. But yeah, like I know drama seems like probably wouldn't have a laptop because he's drama and wouldn't understand it. But like I know Vince has like has a laptop. Like come the fuck on. It made no sense. It literally made... When we say it's an internet cafe, it's an internet cafe. I think it was only for the joke when he... They're talking about, like, the heifers and the in the large clit and all this stuff so that the girl could, like, make the disgusting oh, face. Oh, do you mean up. the terrible extra who, if you watch yeah. while she's typing, she's basically just banging the same three keys again and again. And is the that, minute is he that says not the, how you type? Cause... Oh, no, it's not. And the minute he says the word clit, she just looks over, gets up, and leaves mid-typing. So whatever she did, if she was logged in, if she paid for time, she just leaves the computer mid-sir. It's the worst acting I've ever seen. <laughs> and so they're, like, they're looking up all these, like, hookups, like the, the I guess it's the missing connections or, like, that kind of thing where it's, like, hookups, male for female or male for guy or whatever. Uh, female for guy, that kind of thing. And they find a bunch of, well, they look at one woman who's, like, uh, she's got, like, uh, fishnets on. There's just so like, many uggos and fatties, like, Turtle can't do that. Oh, fucking. Fuck you, Turtle. I never understood this about any of the guys. None of them are that attractive. Vince, and I, mean, I guess I you could say E. Jeremy Wara, like, now is actually kind of cute, but, like, still. I'm, I always like, like Turtle. I think Turtle was probably one of the cuter of the bunch, but I just don't think that... Because he's so repugnant as a person. Yeah, yeah, and also, well, like, I think I think it's established that this show has no respect for women. No. The show itself and the characters on it, I mean, when you have a a main female character for seven seasons that doesn't have a first name, there you go. That's also called the Big Bang Theory, but last name. So... (laughs) Same yeah, thing. so Same so thing. they so they're like, okay, um, let's let's find somebody who's more your speed. Turtle gets on and starts scrolling, and he finds somebody who's. I mean, I believe this. Yeah, okay, she's a prom queen style hottie looking for a twenty something, um, who's short and cuddly is what yeah. it's described as. And he's like, oh, that's that's me. So he calls the ad, and uh, well, he's still even then he's like, I don't really want to do this. I'm like, why are these guys so against the idea of getting? It doesn't make any sense. Any other episode. They'd be all about it if it was someone else besides them. The fact that it's them, it's just enough to make them all like, no. And so Johnny's like, go, we're doing it, call her. And so he like is, he's sitting next to him, like, coaching him along. Because he has five grand on the line, so he's, he's pretty eager to get the money. And um, he's not Vincent. He needs the money. So he's like, okay, um, we're going to call her and set up a time to go meet her. And the girl, 
agrees to go if he meets with like a red hat on at a, at a cafe. Okay, my favorite part of this is she's like, "Meet me at such and such in thirty minutes," and I'm like, "You can't tell someone to meet you somewhere in L.A. in, LA 30, in thirty minutes." minutes. <laughs> That's just way asking for trouble because you might get there in thirty minutes well, and you might get there in ninety minutes. You don't know it's L.A. It, really, it depends where they are actually because they like started the episode in like Pasadena and then they go all the way to the west side. I'm like, well, what is happening in this entire but episode? But this, this girl, live? this girl has no idea where they are at currently. She just gives them a the name of a cafe and says, "Meet me there in 30 minutes." They could be in Simi Valley for fuck's sakes. Who knows? Yeah. So. <laughs> It's ridiculous, and they just were like, "Okay, fine." And Maybe somehow, she somehow he has a red, he has a red hat like on hand to just switch out his hat. Like, uh, where'd that come a from? A red Yankees hat. Which I'm like, I, do they even sell red Yankees hats? Considering like the red socks. I know, right? Like, I thought the same thing, but I, who knows? They get a red hat. Actually, the most ridiculous thing is when they go on speakerphone to talk to this woman. Like, no one, no one goes on speakerphone in public. That's the worst thing in the world. But yeah, so they're in the they middle. Off. We were in the, standing in the middle of this cafe doing that. Yeah, they go off on the side, they call her, they set up a time to meet, he gets a red hat somehow, and then he shows up, and then proceeds to, to go and ask all the random women if they're Kelsey, the girl, and then one of the girls, this, I mean, I don't like Turtle by a long shot, and I don't like the way he responds eventually, but it's just still one of the more gross scenes for even just the way the women are written, because he's like, you wouldn't happen to be Kelsey, innocent, not even a creepy question, just looking for a person he's supposed to meet, and the girl says to him, even if I was, I'd say no. I'm like, yeah. oh my god. They, they, they write women on the show to either be completely well, condescending pricks or, like, basically there for just sex and, and to be demeaned. Or maybe the woman was, like, a suit there and she realized he deserved it. I mean, that's true. Anyway. That is true. Like, he, then he says, that's just rude, honey. I'm like, okay, we don't need that. I, I, I would have taken the, that's just rude. That makes sense. But the calling her honey is like, eh. But so, he, like, walks off like, well, geez, that's annoying. Then, of course, Kelsey happens to stumble upon him in the street. Of course, she's, like, this tall, attractive blonde lady. And asks him to get her dry cleaning. Now, that's a weird now, request Before she asks that, though, she tells oh, Drama to go wait in the car because he's creeping her out. And I love that. <laughs> Especially I buy when that. you find out what her story is and drama's creeping her out. Like, right. of all people. Yeah. And he does. He goes to the car and then waits. But, um, so he, she, also, she asks um, Turtle to get her dry cleaning. And then Turtle has no idea what that is, but he's like, okay, sure, I'll do that. If it means I'm gonna get to have sex with you, I'll do I'll clean your whole house. And she's like, it's desperate. You're being desperate. That's ugly. Stop. And, um, so he goes off to get the dry cleaning with, with um, drama while she goes home, I guess, she just gives him her address, and they get the, the dry cleaning, and it's a bunny suit. And so Drama, at first, he's saying, like, well, I actually kind of like this, because it's, again, this is, like, the closest a show ever gets to, like, world building, and it's a terrible version of world, world building, building, because it's fucking entourage, but they say, like, um, Turtle is being stupid, and he's like, maybe she's a dominatrix, like, that's a great thing, and Johnny's like, no, I don't want her to be a dominatrix, they don't fuck, <laughs> Johnny knows all this stuff about how dominatrix operates. It's not wrong, I don't think. I don't think they do. I think it is mostly yeah, like it, a, it, just it, just it, a... dealt with all... Here's what happened. Drama dealt with, like, all this shit in the 90s when he was famous. Exactly. So now he's like, yeah. let me tell you something. They don't fuck. And even if they did, you probably wouldn't like it. And he's like, oh, whatever. And then he gets a look at the... When the thing comes around the belt, and he sees it's a, it's a 
big bunny costume, he's like, oh, sweet, we're good. <laughs> and we're like, wait, what? Like, he's ten, he's ten miles ahead of everybody. Yeah, because he like, knows what a furry is. And yeah, he's like, oh, she's a furry, it. we're solid. And he's like, and Turtle's like, what's a furry? And I'm like, oh, it's a 2007. No one knows what furries are yet. <laughs> now furries are like jokes on every other show. But so, uh, so he's, he's, oh, good, I'm gonna get to go wait, bang. Wh- bang what show are you watching? There's like furries all the time, Mora. <laughs> Well, not all the time, but, like, it's enough that people would know what it is in passing, I think. Right? I think. I, I think mean, it's more more well-known <laughs> now than it is then. I mean, just... Just... In general. Just this month, the Tony the Tiger Twitter account had to right. ask furries to be kind and behave. Because the well, furries meanwhile, were Chester, tweeting Tony meanwhile, the Tiger. Meanwhile, Chester Cheetah is, like, all about it. Bring it on like, over here to Chester people. the Cheetah. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I do not want to know. Oh, <laughs> I'll link sorry. the article in the no- in the show notes, but it was a pretty, pretty, like, I don't know, it went kind of viral. But, like, I think, I'm not saying that, like, furries are, like, knocking down everybody's doors, but I remember even, like, I think Thank there was, like, episodes of, like, I know. I think there were episodes, <laughs> like, Bones or, like, uh, something, like, on Fox, something like Bones or something like that, where they had a couple of references to that, or maybe it was, like, Castle. So I think it's, it's enough that it's... those shows have lasted far too long for anyone's liking, so they had to get to furries. Well, no, this is a long time ago, so this is, like, season four or five of each of them. But, I mean, it's still long. But, like, there are yeah. more, they're more, there's a little more of a vernacular that people understand what a furry <laughs> is versus what's that. Like, they, when you hear furry, you don't even know what you're talking about. I don't think it's quite that, that unique anymore. But so, um, so they, they argue about whether or not he's going to be able to do it, but Johnny's like, no, this is like a slam dunk now, because she's, if she's getting you with this costume, she's definitely, she's like, like, you're basically, she's at your own, like, he's like, she's desperate for it, because obviously people aren't banging furries every day, so she's probably eager to have somebody do this for her, so he's like, this is, you're going to have, you're going to get laid, essentially, he's like, we win, and, um, Turtle goes home and tries on the costume, which is horrific. Like, it's like a bunny costume. Like, it's really creepy. Like, like it's light, light pink, and like, he has like a little nose that he puts on his mouth. It's, it's really a cha- it's a Chandler Bing bunny costume. Exactly. That's sex. exactly it. But it, it has, has like a, a little, hole. yeah, it has a little slot you can open up so that they can bang. It's, and, um, and then Johnny, not only is Johnny, I do, look again, like, Johnny, I don't like him at all, but I just, I appreciate the fact that You he seem is, to like Johnny. No, well, the reason why I say that is because he is, he is a consistently creepy person. Like, he, you, you respect the fact that he's got a point of view and he's gonna stick to it, because he's there offering examples of, they don't call it fucking, they call it blinking. <laughs> like, he's like, I know all about it. He knows it. all the like, furries furries are people, too. He's, he's like, furries are people, too. She deserves to get laid. We're gonna have, we're gonna have a good time. And, and Johnny's just a weirdo. I just, he's just a strange person. But, um, so, Turtle's... Now that he's in the suit, he's kind of really second-guessing the whole situation, and he's not really interested. And this is around the same time that Vincent E. show up again, so they they realize the bet might be off because E. didn't end up sleeping with the girl, and then Turtle's thrilled because it means he doesn't have to have sex with this other girl in the bunny costume, so he's like, sweet, this is great, I don't, I'll, bet's off, we're good. And, um, that is all pre-E. deciding to give the girl a call, and they're like, which girl? He's like, Sloane. They're like, well, of course, E. And then, and then Vince explains that he ran into Sloane while he was there. And then we get the phone call between E. and Sloane, which is, I mean, primarily him just finding out she's dating someone. It's very, you know, I thought you were interested in me. And she's like, I literally just ran into you. It doesn't mean I'm interested in you. And he's like, well, you know, I want to talk about our relationship. I was thinking about us. 
And then she says, look, you need to step back. I've got a boyfriend now. And that, that kind of incentivizes him to be like, all right, bet's back on. I'm going to go fuck that chick. Which is what he, he, which he literally says. I'm going to fuck yeah. that British chick. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, because the problem is that Johnny's already over there counting his money thinking he won uh, because he refused to do it. And then he pretty much just says, keep your money, Vince. I'm going to go fuck her. And then Johnny's like, oh, no. <laughs> so he throws the suit back on Turtle, who's stoned out of his mind at this point because he's now thinking he doesn't have to go have sex with some girl. So they go running out the door um, after to go have, to go find me at this girl's house and drop off the Turtle because she's going to go inside and allegedly fuck her. But when he gets there, Turtle backs out because he's freaked out about the whole situation and decides he doesn't want to. So Johnny says, well, if I'm going to drop five grand, I'm going to at least get laid. So Johnny grabs the costume and then goes in and sleeps with the girl. Even though Johnny does not fit the description in the damn ad in the first place, so... Well, I think yeah. he figures that this girl's desperate enough for a hookup that she'll just take whatever comes in, and he's not wrong. Because I don't... I mean, that's the one thing I think about fuzz, Fuzzy. Well, no, he's <laughs> not wrong, but it makes no sense that he's not wrong. It makes yeah. zero sense that he's not wrong. She it asked does. for a specific type. And if it didn't matter what the type was because of the costume, then it wouldn't have said it. Well, it, the costume does have a belly, so I don't know if maybe that's a factor. But I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't really make any difference to her apparently, which doesn't Especially make sense. Especially when you but, when you see the resulting she's, sex scene. Woman, it doesn't matter what you think. Well, briefly before that happens, we see E go to the hotel. He sees the British girl. He asked her out on a date prior to that, but he's like, yo, what if we just blow off dinner and have sex, basically? And she's like, that sounds like a great idea. She brings him in the hotel room, and they decide to order inside and, and stay there and have sex, which is great. It works out. So then we get a horrible tag scene of, of Turtle stoned walking up to see what's taking so long and sees Johnny fucking the, the furry girl through the window and he's obviously dressed in the bunny suit, and I think she's dressed as a, either a mouse or a squirrel. It's a squirrel, I, right? I'm like, I couldn't figure it out. I watched it. I didn't want to watch it that much, but I watched <laughs> no. it like two times. She ha- because she has a squirrel tail, like the long tail that curves. But the, the noises she's making sound like a mouse. So but she it has really big weird. mouse ears. Yeah, it was weird. Some kind of fucked up, like, mouse-squirrel hybrid that doesn't exist in nature. She's a rodent there. Yeah, it was a rodent. She just takes this to another level. And she's making these, like, creepy little mewling noises. It's very, very unsettling. And and by the way, do you know who is playing the furry girl? No, who? It's Shanna Mochler, who was Travis Barker's ex-wife. Ooh. And like she, they oh, from Travis and Brianna. <laughs> yeah, they had that reality show on MTV, like mid two thousands, early two thousands, whatever. It oh, was. I'm sorry, it's Shayna, isn't it? Isn't it Shayna? Shayna, whatever it is, it's her, and she's like a former Miss USA. God <laughs> so, bless that girl. My yeah. God, she has like kids from like Oscar De La Hoya and Travis Barker and shit, and then she ended up playing a furry on Entourage. So good job. <laughs> mm Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so that was the end of the episode, as as weird and creepy as I got. <laughs> and they just cut to that. And Turtle, I mean, you're kind of on the same, like, you're in the same boat as Turtle, because he's, like, out of his mind high, and he's just like, what am I even, oh my god. And he just, like, kind of stumbles away, like, horrified. And that was the end of the episode. <laughs> and that's kind of an average episode for this show. I mean, it's it's got a little bit of everything. It's got the random, like, school stuff, but it's got some corporate stuff, because of the, you know, behind-the-scenes uh, handshaking going on, and then there's just a bunch of, like, sex. It's so ridiculous. This show is insane. It's... I mean, I wouldn't recommend you watch it unless you're interested in that kind of, like, dude bro stupid stuff, but it, it has enough cameos that it will probably sustain you for, I would bet, at least four seasons at most. I mean, I say watch the episode just for the penis part. 
Oh, God. I do feel like it's a show that you could blow through, like, really fast. Agreed. (laughs) Because the episodes are all, like, under a half hour, pretty much, right? So, yeah. But, so, yes, that was Entourage, guys. And, I mean, I'd never seen the movie. I don't know if it's worth seeing. Rate and review us on iTunes, and uh, if you do it enough times... Maybe, just maybe, we'll do a drunken uh, episode about the movie. Oh, we could do that. I'd be down for that. Yeah, That's the only way to do it. <laughs> yes, we should get super drunk and all watch the movie, and then immediately record the podcast. Yes. That would be a special slip <laughs> So yeah, rate and review us. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Tell all of your friends. Uh, don't We're <laughs> tell all of your friends about Joe Rickman's penis. I I mean the show's really big in Chicago now, so yes, yes. <laughs> Our show. Uh, for, thanks, shout out to everybody in Chicago who listened to last episode. We know there's a bunch of you. Hello. All right, let's move on to plug. So, what's up with you, Latoya? Let's see. What am I plugging? Uh, I guess I'm plugging the Australian show Wonderland. If you can find a way to watch it, it's actually pretty fun. So, uh, you should watch that if you're not gonna watch this, or even if you're gonna watch this. Uh, I'd also like to not plug. Uh, Crash, either movie. No. Um, I'd also <laughs> like to plug the college humor entourage uh, sketch that I'm sure everyone saw before realizing that it was Adam Pally and Thomas Middleditch and Bobby Moynihan back in the day. Mm-hmm. You should watch mm-hmm. it again so you can all remember like that Vince is in the movie. Yeah. yeah. You, of course, you can find me at LaFergs and I'll tell you what I'm writing. So, there you go. Also, I guess I will plug the future Josie and the Pussycats piece I'll have sometime this year because oh, it's nice. 15 years of Josie. Oh, so good. Wow. L&M. The hottest boy All in right. Riverdale. <laughs> Alright, what's up with you, Lisa? Uh, well, I I mean, I feel like we've already given a shout out to Justin Bartha and I didn't even try, so that's amazing. Yeah, good you're job, welcome. <laughs> Fantastic work. Um, so I, I just want to give a shout out to Chris Pine. He knows why. Maura knows why. <laughs> I, I don't know why. It's between you and him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I tweet, as always, at It's Lisa E, and I'm still writing about the X-Files. Maura and I are still writing about the Vampire Diaries. I'll be writing about, I'll be writing about Bates Motel, Bates Motel next month. <laughs> Bates so. Motel. Oh, fun. I can't, I can't speak anymore. You're just getting character. I just think, I'm thinking too much about Chris Pine. <laughs> Welcome to the Bates Motel. <laughs> I wish. It takes, it takes place... It takes place in California. I don't think that's gonna happen. Oh, you don't you don't know that part of Southern California right. where it's like, hey, welcome to Bates Motel. The deep, the deep South. The Soaps and towels are on the us. Deep south. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you, Lisa. And as always, I am at Mar E on Twitter. You can, like we said, uh, uh, see my recaps for Vampire Diaries with Lisa. You can see my recaps for uh, Supergirl and I Zombie in the meantime. And uh, you can rate, subscribe, review us to try and get that awesome drunk episode going. I do uh, hopefully plan to watch that for only that reason and that reason alone. Um, and then uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Televoid. And then our next uh, next episode of this show is going to be the series finale uh, of season eight, twelve, and thirteen. It's time part one and two of Weeds. So stick around for that. It's going to be great. And um, in the meantime, thanks for wandering into the Televoid, guys. See you then. Bye. Thanks.